Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, here we go. It's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. Uh, this is episode 100. We hit the century mark, James. So, uh, cheers to that, my friend. And what did we miss? One or two to get to 100? I think I miss. I think we only missed one because the one time Nick filled in, but I think. Oh, that's only, right. I think we only missed one. It might have been two. I can't. No, because we did that week earlier, and then you were gone like a whole like eight days. Yeah, I was on vacation the one week we missed, and we couldn't move around it. And then yeah, the one time you were out, we got Nick to sub in. Uh, pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. We've kept it going and we're at the century mark, uh, triple digits, man. Let's keep it going, dude. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, for tonight, we're going to kick things off with name that stadium. Like we always do after that, we'll hit the news from this past week. Uh, and then for the main segment, we're going to do an early look at the fantasy football top 10 rankings. And last but not least, We'll close things off with question of the week. So, uh, yeah, man, I see you got your uh, your gridiron grinder T-shirt on. How's everything going for you tonight, man? It's going good. It's good to be a Friday. This week kind of sounded like it was a little bit long, but it's going good. How's it going with you? Oh, it's going good, man. You know, I uh, the weather here has been, been wild. You know, it goes from hot to rainy uh, to super humid. Uh, and we've got like record pollen still going on here in Michigan. And so it's like, I feel fine one minute and then I can't breathe the next minute. And it's just, uh, you know, but that's, that's Michigan, you know, we're, uh, I think coming into more stable weather here soon as we get further into June. Yeah. It's, it's kind of been a weird weather few weeks out here where it's like, it's like one day, like yesterday, it was like 75, and this day, like the high was 60. Okay. And yeah, for like you, you guys are a tighter range normally. Yeah, and it's it's like been alternating like high 50s, low 60s one day, and then like 75, 80 the next day, and then the next day it's back down. It's like, make up your fucking mind. Yeah, well, I mean, you know Michigan, we had... A couple months ago, we had like 70 degrees with snow in the same day. It like swung yeah. that fast. Like it, it just shouldn't even be possible, but it happens. So yeah, what's, what's the old <laughs> saying? You don't like the weather in Michigan? Wait five minutes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So let's do name that stadium, James. And so uh, for anybody who's watching, sorry if you're listening on the podcast, you're not going to get this. But if you're watching, you can see James is out there traveling the country. Every week he's got a new stadium in his background, or a different stadium rather, because now that we're at episode 100, you've had to have some retreads, obviously. But uh, basically, we're just asking, if you think you know what stadium that is, hit us up in our comments section. First person to get it right gets a special shout out next week's show. And, you know, hey, by the way, we're we're swagging up here. So one of these days... Maybe we'll get a little stock of T-shirts or some bumper stickers or some pens or something cool we can start sending to people. But for now, you just get a special shout-out. So if you think you got it, 
hit us up in the comments section. And uh, yeah, first person to get it right, they get the shout out next week. And so James, why don't you tell us where were you at last week, man? Last week I was in Santa Clara at uh, Levi Stadium for the 49ers. And it's kind of like, because we were doing, what did we do last week? Like trades we'd like to see. And like every t- everything I was coming across all week was, well, San Francisco trading Debo Samuel, San Francisco trading Garoppolo, San Francisco in on another trade. It's like, it's like Jesus Christ. And so it was like, everything was coming up San Francisco. So I just went with it. Gotcha. Well, hey, no, that's good. You had a connection. It wasn't totally random. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's definitely – I like the trade episode we did, you know, because there's a lot that teams could still be doing to shore up some things. And mm-hmm. it's like if you're going to if you're gonna do anything before week one, it's like get it done sooner than later now because now that teams are starting to have uh, organized activities, you know, you want to get these guys in the, in the rhythm together. You know, get them knowing the playbook, get them knowing the coaches, you know, figure it out. But – um, you know, Hey, I mean, everybody seems pretty set for now, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, so that's name that stadium. Let's kick it over. Let's look at the recap this past week. Uh, and so there was actually a decent amount of stuff here this past week, James, and we'll start off with some Los Angeles news in your backyard here. Uh, Aaron Donald, the big one that happened, I think probably like right after our last show, but, uh, the Rams restructured his contract. No additional years were added, but he is now going to get paid $65 million guaranteed over the next two seasons and uh, a total of $95 million through 2024, which makes him the highest paid non-quarterback. And uh, going a step even further, it has him paid $10 million more per year than the next highest interior defensive lineman just to mm-hmm. show how rare of a breed this guy is man yeah it's i mean worth every penny but it's just more evidence that the salary cap is not fucking real well I mean, we didn't even get to cooper cup yet yeah it's just <laughs> like it's just like these teams are printing money and like aaron donald signs for like 95 fucking million or gets a $40 million raise over yep. the next th- three years, or I think it was the next two years, he gets 45, 40 million more. And then like the third year, I, I had heard it was actually an option year for him. Well, that, that would make sense. So it would be the next two are guaranteed. And then if he wanted the, the third year would be 30 million for that third year. Yeah. But if, but like, and then the sense that if they, um, if he decides not to um, play, then then they can't go after any of his signing signing bonus or whatever. Okay. I'm sorry, my camera's doing weird ass shit today, so that's okay. Know, there we go. So so I mean, hey, good for him. It's not a surprise. It you're fucking L.A. What are you gonna do? You you can't say no, Aaron. We're not going to fucking give you more money. You're the best player, probably probably the okay. I'm not going to say he's the best because there's there's the Reggie White camp, there's the LT camp, but he's definitely 
top three defensive players ever to play the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to know definitively. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> but I'm with you. I mean, he's um, an extremely rare talent. I mean, you could you could argue, you know, and people have made the argument that he's better than any of the quarterbacks. And it's like, man, it's tough because that's like the premium position. And it's like, uh, but the, the fact that people were even saying that and not just saying the best defensive player, it just goes to show how freaking good the guy is, you know? Yeah. Speaking of uh, LT, like I had heard recently Gary Danielson talking about LT, you know, when he quarterbacked for, for the Lions and it was LT's rookie year and they were playing the Giants and Danielson's like, yeah, the coaches are like, if he does this, if he does this, do not throw the ball there. And Danielson's like, well, I thought he was started to do it, but he didn't. So I threw the ball there. He fucking picked him off and ran it back like 75 yards for for a touchdown. It was like, man, that motherfucker was fast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're talking different eras, too, you know, and just um, – yeah, I mean, all three of the guys though, they're they're all just phenomenal. So yeah. Um, all right, well let's let's just talk about the Cooper Cup part because that's the next Los Angeles Rams signing, and so he signed a three-year extension, James, mm-hmm. worth eighty million, uh, which in today's terms would have him be the number four wide receiver on an annualized basis, but from what I understand. Um, like the, he's got two years on his existing deal before the three-year extension kicks in. And so when the three-year extension kicks in, he won't be the number four wide receiver on an annualized basis. Cause you know that, that, that Mark will be reset a couple times. Mm-hmm. And so it, um, this to me, you know, when you think about it in those terms, seems like it was actually a pretty team-friendly deal. Yeah, it, that's that's how I kind of looked at it, too. Um, Cooper Cup said many times that he's not he's not trying to reset the market. He's got a, there's a, there's a number that he's comfortable with, that the team will be comfortable with. He just wants to, wants to remain a Ram. And so it makes sense that it's kind of, it appears to be more team-friendly. Um, with all the, with those deals, I had heard... Um, What's his face? Is Dimitrov the GM? No, that's uh, Les Snead for the Rams. Yeah, Les Snead. Sorry, who's Dimitrov the GM for? He was the former Falcons guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Sorry. I GMs are... I get them confused sometimes. Hey, it's but all he, good. They're they're mostly behind the scenes except when it's draft time. Yeah, and they they said he said something along the lines of, you know... You know, we're as long as we can be, we're going to be aggressive with, with this. At some point, you know, three, ten, fifteen years from now, we're going to have to pay the piper. But as long as we can be, we're going to be aggressive with these deals. And it's like, shit. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like you said, fake cap. It's almost like fake news, fake cap. I mean, we saw what happened with the Saints this year. They were seventy million over, and mm-hmm. somehow, they found a way to get under. And they still have a stacked roster. Like it just, it just tells me that where there's a will, there's a way. And it's all just like smoke and mirrors or some bullshit, man. 
it just can be manipulated too easily. Yeah. Well, the thing, and the thing with a cap is, I think the reason why they kind of instituted the cap was was more on the player side because it gives you a floor. Mm-hmm. So it's not only a salary cap, but there's a salary yeah. floor. So you have to spend X amount of money. Yeah, that's a good point because, yeah, that doesn't get talked about often. And especially with the way the cap's going up every year, that means that floor is going up too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, no, that that's a very good point to make. Uh, okay, so let's keep it going. Another signing, uh, this one, Hunter Renfro, wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. He got a two-year $32 million extension. Uh, and when you see the numbers for like Cooper cup, this like kind of pales in comparison, but you know, to me, James thinking about this guy and his contribution, uh, it, it, it first seemed a little steep on the surface. You know, I dug into it a little bit more. He had nine touchdowns last year. Uh, he is a big part of that offense. Uh, I think if he can keep the touchdowns at that level or better, I think it's worth it. You know, otherwise, I wonder if that's a little too much for him. You know, he's he's a good, like, short to intermediate, get you a little bit here, a little bit there. But up until this past year, he didn't really score a whole lot in the touchdown department uh, and reminded me a little bit of kind of like a Cole Beasley, which it just seems like $16 million a, a year is pretty high there. But um, I don't know. I, I've, I've warmed up to it the more that I've been looking into it and thinking about it. Yeah, you know, the thing with with Renfro is I think it's a good team-friendly deal because I think with, with uh, Devontae Adams there, like, his value is going to go up because his stats are going to go up. Yeah. So I think it was it was a good move to get it done. And they kind of paid a, probably paid a little bit extra, but because of, because of the fact that they're going to, on the back end, they're actually going to be saving money because his stats are just going to skyrocket this year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because um, they've not really had a solid wide receiver one since he's been there. And so now with Devontae Adams, that takes pressure off of him. They -hmm. still have Darren Waller. So, yeah, I mean, it it definitely could make his stats at least easier to come by. (laughs) So uh, good thought. Um, Okay, next up I saw offensive lineman uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. Uh, this is the guy from a couple years ago when he was with the Chiefs, temporarily left the league at the start of COVID, uh, wanted to be in the medical field to help people with COVID and what not going on out there. He played for the Jets last year. He's currently a free agent. Uh, he just made a similar announcement that he's stepping away uh, basically indefinitely, um, but he... He did say that he feels confident, something to the effect that he feels confident that if and when he comes back, he'll be able to land on a team somewhere, which I think he will. I mean, the guy was pretty serviceable. Um, it just, uh, you know, it's it's a noble cause. He's going out trying to help the world, you know. Well, it's not necessarily going out to help the world. Um, he, shortly before COVID, he finished medical school. And he's stepping away from the league to do his residency, to actually become a licensed doctor. And so I think it's more of a, it's, yeah, help the world, but he's also. A necessary step to get that done personally. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for filling in the gap there, James. 
uh, still pretty cool. You know, yeah. he's a, he's a pro athlete and he's a freaking doctor. Uh, okay. So, uh, the next item I had here and you know, this is not in any particular order, James, but, uh, I saw the piece that came out this week about the guardian cap, which you may have seen or read, but basically it's a new piece of equipment that players are wearing. It's a soft shell that goes on the helmet. Uh, it's supposed to help reduce head injuries. They're saying it can be, uh, a 10% reduction in injury. If one person's wearing the helmet, uh, up to a 20% reduction in head injury. If both players that have a head to head are wearing this, it looks funky is all heck, but safety is huge. And so Mm -hmm. if it, uh, if it's helping keep these guys in the game and helping them have a good life after the game, I'm all for it, man. Who cares what it looks like? Yeah, actually I didn't, didn't see that much about it, but like, in high school, one of our defensive linemen towards the end of the year had to, in the junior year, I think it was, had to um, wear one of those because he kept getting concussions. Oh, wow. And I mean, you're talking 20-something years ago, man. Yeah. So I, I, I'm familiar with them a little bit. It does look fu- funny as hell, but... <laughs> Yeah. You know, and the thing is, it's like I all the pictures I saw are guys, you know, in their shorts, in their practice jersey. It's like, you know, it, maybe it won't look as big and as bad when they're actually in full pads, shoulder it pads does. and everything like that. No, it, it still does. does. It okay. does. It's like it like makes the helmet look like like it's three times its size on the top. And all it right. Kind of cuts, it doesn't go over the whole helmet. It just goes over like the top of it. So it cuts yeah. off like here. So it's like a big mushroom top on, on top of the helmet. Right. It's, it's funny as shit. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we're going to have a little mushroom head action going. But, uh, hey, I mean, I, I heard that a decent amount of people have been using it in practice so far this offseason. And so that's, I think, encouraging that people are at least trying to embrace it. We'll see come yeah. game day. They might not. You know, it might be, hey, let's practice with it. And if we don't like it, we're not going to use it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so keeping it going here, next one I got, Deshaun Watson. So, James, we talked, I don't know, a week or two ago about that new lawsuit. Uh, You were explaining apparently it was one that was already known. They just kind of delayed filing. Well, now there is a new, new one from what I understand, and I, I don't know all the details. Honestly, I really didn't even look too deep into it because... We know this situation's a mess, and we're basically waiting on the league to make a call on it. And so, uh, but the thing that I saw about this one that's different and interesting is that they're saying it might implicate the Houston Texans, uh, is basically encouraging this kind of activity, which, um, I mean, that would definitely take it down a whole different avenue, if that's true. Oh, oh, so, so there's... A few things about this. Number one, over a 17-month period, according to according to reports, I don't know this is a fact, um, Deshaun Watson saw 66 different women for massages. I mean, that's like uh, three plus a month. Yeah. And these so almost a different one every week. Let's just say that almost a different yeah. one every week. Almost a different one every week. And. I'm not going to get into the, de- I'm going to spare the details of, of the shit 
that happened. I will I will just say that he begged one of begged begged one of them allegedly to suck his dick. Um, but the bombshell of it, not only the sixty six massage therapists, the bombshell of it was apparently some of these women were given a non disclosure agreement from Watson that he got from Houston's head of security. Uh. The, and the head of security was specifically gave it to Watson for these massage therapists. And it's, it's bad. And on, on the flip side, the Houston Texans are being added as a party to the lawsuit. Okay. All lawsuits. And, um, what was the, there was another fact. Oh, Watson's lawyer. I don't remember when this was. It might have been a few weeks ago. Like the whole Deshaun Watson thing kind of, kind of um, just blurs together. But his lawyer fucking said out loud that there's nothing inherently illegal about a happy ending. <laughs> oh, um. Okay, I don't even know where to start by I don't, breaking that down. Yeah, but it's like, dude, you're a fucking dumbass. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. There's like some admission of pushing it to that point, I guess. I mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know, dude. I, I really am kind of like flabbergasted. I don't even know how to respond to that. But, I mean, it's, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not a police officer or a judge or an attorney. I don't know the exact legalities, but I'm sure that there's got to be some degree of wrongdoing somewhere mm. in here for them to be filing all these suits. Yeah. And well, the other thing about it is I honestly thought the league was going to suspend Watson four to six games. Mm-hmm. The longer it takes and the more information that comes out, the more and more looks like it's going to be a minimum of one year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be, you know, I could easily see it being a full year. And it's just like, you fucking dumbass. It's, it's almost like it's, um, you know, there was the Ray Rice situation, and I mean, they're not comparable, but it's almost like it has an extreme factor like that, just in a different kind of way. Yeah, because like the more and more the shit come of the shit that comes out, you you know what, Watson? If you would have fucking just paid these women off last year, not paid them off, settled these lawsuits last year, and had nothing yeah. nothing additional come out to the public eye. You've been fine, but you you had well, James. I mean, if there's potentially sixty six of them, uh, you know that could have been a factor in settling, because if you settle with one, now the word's out there. You got sixty six women coming calling. Yeah, there's sixty six of them, and some of these women, according to the lawsuit, like like one of the women in the lawsuit saw him like five or six times. Okay. So, I mean, you're talking, say hypothetically, you see each 
one of them three, four times. Oh, like, this this is multiple times a week that this is going on. Yeah. Multiple times a week. And plus, in, in, in the period where this was happening, this was, it was during COVID because it was from like, the 17 month period was from like something 2020, no, 2019 to the end of 2020. And you remember in the entire season in 2020, they had, because of COVID, they had like the, social, the whole, like basically players weren't allowed to do shit. Yeah. They weren't allowed to see any, anybody, weren't allowed to leave their house, go to the facility, leave the facility, go home. That was all they were allowed. They weren't allowed to go out on the road. They weren't allowed to even go out to eat on the road in 2020. Yet Watson was seeing massage therapists multiple times a week. Yeah. Just, it's it just not, not good all around. Um, man, <sighs> I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. I really don't even know what to say. Yeah, I don't know what to say about it either. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's move on then because we'll keep talking about this as we keep getting new information. But, mm -hmm. uh, the last thing I had James was, uh, Darius Leonard. He underwent back surgery. They're saying he's expected to miss the start of training camp. Um, it makes me nervous hearing about this now. And I, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, you know, but it just seems like you would have wanted to get this done as soon as possible as to not interfere with your health going into the season. And, and linebackers, you know, like a lot of these guys, they take a lot of abuse. And so, you want to make sure that you have so much time to heal in the back things. They can linger. They can regress easily. Uh, and maybe this is the soonest he could have had it done. I don't, I don't know. It just, um, it really makes me nervous. And he is like their top dog on defense. So it's, um, I don't know. I just, I hope it works out because these back things, you know, sometimes these are career kind of ending things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had missed the whole Darius Leonard thing um, this week, so I don't have much to say on it. I, okay. I, I before I were to comp, were to like really talk about it, I'd want to know a little bit more as to why he had it or why he waited. Yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. With um, it seems like he would want it earlier than later. That makes complete sense, but. There had to have been a reason. Yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sure there's. Article. I'm sure there's some circumstances. It's like the Michael Thomas thing. It's like you know, I'm sure he probably had one doctor in his ear saying, "No, let it heal naturally," and then the team doctors were like, "Hey, let's get it done now because we want you on the field." And it just, you know, there's always stuff going on that we don't get to hear about, we don't get to know about. But, um, you know, it's it's their their top guy on defense. It's it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Okay, so so early in the offseason, something wasn't feeling right, and they were keeping an eye on it. So the injury happened beginning of the offseason. They were keeping an eye on it, and it started, it kept progressing. So the decision was made since it was progressing and it wasn't getting better. Okay, to have to have the surgery now. Okay, that makes that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm glad I didn't go off the other way. Yeah. No, and and it's tough because you know uh, in my regular person's world what i know about back injuries is that you want to delay surgery as long as possible 
because as soon as you have one, you basically start a cycle where you're more likely to have another one, and it just keeps kind of going. And uh, backs are tough, man. Backs are tough. So it just, um, but he's got hopefully top doctors, and he's a, a top athlete. So if anybody's going to come through it, he'd be the guy. Uh, and we know that defense yeah. is counting on him. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's all I had for news, man. What I miss? What did you see? Anything you want to add? Well, a couple things. One, um, the Broncos were, are finally reaching agreement to sell the team. Apparently, it's going to take 60 to 90 days to complete, but they sold for $4.65 billion. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dollars, which is just fucking absurd. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it's a group of people. I don't know how I just. Yeah, the uh, heir, one of the heirs to the Walmart throne. But I thought, which is weird because Balmer is married to one of the heirs of the Walmart throne. Okay. The owner of the Rams. Huh. Yeah, I know that this is one. One of them's a Walton. One of them is the. Uh, whatever the lineage from the Walmart guy. I believe Balmer is married to a Walton. Okay. <laughs> I just, I thought that's where. Yeah. I don't yeah. have it in front of me, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no biggie. I don't know. I don't remember. Either way, uh, it's rich people stuff. Yeah, it's rich people stuff, which which apparently um, Tapper, Tepper, the owner of the, Panthers. the uh, Panthers, is being sued because he abandoned a project to build um, the new headquarters in some town in Carolina. And, like, the county had invested money and um, apparently given Tepper some money. Then the project, he filed for bankruptcy for the project, and they're charging him with misappropriation of taxpayer funds. Oh, okay. Or yeah. something. I, I, It's something I, I came across that, like, that just when you said people with money, it's like they're suing him for like a few hundred, hundred million dollars for um, this failed or this what they called a hubris venture okay. in Carolina. Yeah, I don't know about that, but, you know. The piece I wanted to get to was Tom Brady spoke to reporters this week. Did you hear about this? Oh, you know, I, I did read just the headline. I didn't actually read the story, so I'm glad so, you caught it. So apparently he was asked a question about if there was any truth to – him becoming an owner of the Miami Dolphins and him then for like the whole Florio report where he was going to then going to force a trade to Miami and get Sean Payton to be the head coach. And his response was not no. <laughs> it of was, well, not. I've, I've had conversations with many people on my future and kind of talked all around whether or not it was happening. Basically his answer told me, fuck yeah, 
that's what I was going to do. Because if you remember last year, yeah. Tom Brady had said, said 90% of the time, and when, I'm, when I answer questions, I don't tell people what I'm really thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you were going to do all this, and fucking the Flores lawsuit threw a huge wrench in that. In, in the metaverse, it happened somewhere, James. And other versions of us are like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Here we're just like, oh, my God, it's crazy because it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy how accurate it seems that Florio's report was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire, man. Um, all right. So what else you got news-wise? Devonte Adams. Okay, let's hear it. So apparently, Green Bay offered him more money. Oh, than the Raiders. I didn't know that. And apparently, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers. He was asked about how the role Aaron Rodgers played in it. Their Aaron Rodgers debate or whatever. And he said, "I had to make the decision that was best for me and my career." I heard that part. I heard him. He said something about, uh, you know, he wants to, like, set records or be remembered or something. And uh, yeah, he was kind of, he was kind of indicating that the whole Aaron Rodgers situation was. Well, if it's a if it's if it's a one or two year thing. He doesn't want to sign a five-year contract and be stuck with Jordan Love or somebody else, you know. I think that's kind of what he was saying is, I'd rather control my own destiny, make sure I'm with a capable passer so that I can keep my career stats in the right direction. Yeah, so it was. Uh, we had talks about his future and what he thinks the duration is in Green Bay. And because of where I am in my career and – He's not going to take a shot at any quarterback. Yeah, it's just like something tells me Rodgers. I've been saying it. Um, Rodgers isn't long for Green Bay. No, no, he's got uh, who knows a year or two. I'd be shocked if it's more than that. But you know, it's after this year. You think after this year he calls it? I think after this year, he forces a trade. Okay. Well, I'm, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Wait, wait. Sorry, I just came across something. Well, hit me with it, man. Cliff Kingsbury at Sean McVay's wedding was talked to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald about taking about to, about them stop taking the McVay discount <laughs> and, and come oh. isn't that tampering? It technically is, but he has
Kingsbury dusted off his recruiting charm in an effort to convince Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald to retire. Okay. Hang him up, old man. And Cooper Cup, um, I told him to Cooper Cup, I told him he's accomplished all he can accomplish, and it's a great idea to go out on your own terms. Oh, jeez. Now that's that's Donald. That's Donald. Uh... Cliff Kingsbury, come on. Well, he you know he knows that they got to do something this year, or it's yeah. going to be see you later. Yeah. Anyways, I, was, I, was, I just I just saw that like as I was just glancing to make sure I didn't miss anything. I thought it was hilarious. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, are we good on the news? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Let's uh, get to the main event here, James. And so we're going to do our early fantasy football top 10 rankings review. Uh, And so I thought what we would do here, James, is we would pull up the Yahoo fantasy football rankings. We're looking at standard scoring. Uh, We'll start by looking at the top 10, see who's there now, do a little bit of critiquing, a little bit of thoughts. Uh, And then after we do one through 10 overall, we could go through and look at one through 10 by position and add some comments there as well, if we'd like. Does that make sense? Sounds good. All right. So James, looking at the... Switched up what I thought, and so I have to get my players list up. So go ahead and... Oh, all right. How how were you thinking we were doing it? No, no, no. It's, It's cool. I just... All right. Uh, have... I, probably, I probably could have done a little more prep with you on this one. All right. How do I get back to the regular list? All right. So if you're at the Yahoo page and you're going to players, under status, you want all players. Because if you're on our on our league page, it'll... Right, it'll... Season projected. I found it. I so, was, I, I... so for... All right. So hang on. For season projected, I got a, a messed up ranking for that. What I did was I clicked on week one. And then I sorted it by preseason rankings. Try that. And then that way we're on the same page. Because this looks like the right the right rankings. Week one or week one projected? Just week one. All right. And then preseason ranking. All right. Good to go. Okay. Yeah, let's um let's do that. Um yeah. All right. So we've got, uh, you know, I'll just run through the list. Okay. We got uh, Jonathan Taylor at one, then Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Cooper Cup, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon. That's your top 10. And so I think, um, you know, Looking at Jonathan Taylor at number one, I think that, in my opinion, is a no-brainer for this year. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's that's he's my my number one. When I did went through into my rankings, it it makes sense. You look at look at his last year's last year's stats. He's a beast. He stays healthy. He's that rare workhorse. He can do whatever you need him to do. Even with them having Naeem Hines catching the ball out of the backfield, this guy mm-hmm. still gets a ton of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at last year's last year's stats. He was 
the number one fantasy football player last year. And I mean, he hasn't, I believe they have an slightly easier schedule this year. Yeah, because they play the NFC East, which, I mean, there's some good defenses there, but, I mean, he's no doubt. Yeah, it's he's legit. He's worth number one. Uh, at two, they've got Austin Eckler, which, you know, to me, it's a little bit of a shock seeing him this high. He's coming off a phenomenal year, and he's mm-hmm. a dual-threat guy and a high-powered offense. So I get it. I just hope he lives up to it because this was a guy that was like way under the radar up until this past year. And he was successful under the radar up until this past year. But when you get catapulted to number two like this, it's like, oh man, now this, now the expectations way up there. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, so ironically, Austin Eckler was the number two fantasy. I'm not running back last year because my list doesn't do it. Doesn't do all offensive players. It just broke down. Sure. So, so, I mean, I mean, he was 60 points, uh, 2.5 points a game behind Jonathan Taylor, which I mean, it's logical and running backs tend to tend to be, get the high, higher points. It's quarterback than running back. Um, yeah. Now, so just to clarify, he was three on a points per game basis. And so, you know, and I and I, I want to point this out because we're going to get to this guy in a minute, is Derrick Henry, he was dominating until he got hurt. He was at 21.9 points per game. This is correct. You, you're, you're right. I'm looking at overall points, not points per game. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're apples to apples. That's all. I'm not, uh, damn you, James. <laughs> you know, this, I just want to make sure we're on the same sheet of music, my friend. Yeah, and and when I did did my rankings, you know, I had Eckler at at number four overall. So I mean, two's not a stretch. I do, I do, I think I have one player kind of rated higher because than I should. But looking at it, I probably made that mistake. So he's probably more like a three, three than a two, but or three than a four for me. So I mean, it's number two's not a stretch at all. Yeah, and you know, when you're in the first round you don't really have a choice anyhow, unless your team allows trades. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you're picking it too, okay, great. You can choose anybody, but Jonathan Taylor, if you're picking at 10, well then probably none of these guys matter because you're not going to have a shot at any of them. And so it just kind of, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess, but all right. So at three, we got Delvin cook and, um, I like Dalvin Cook. He's definitely got top three potential. The big concern with him is the injuries. And so over his career, he's averaged five games per season that he's been out with injury. And so it just, um, all the talent's there, man, but he's got to be on the field to make that number three pick worth it. Oh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I had Cook at five, not three. And I think I discounted him a little bit because of, his his injury history, but then again, I didn't discount another the guy I have at three because of his injury 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 history. Who's so, that? Did, what did you have, Derrick Henry there? No, I had uh, McCaffrey there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, at three. So I mean, it's not it's not a stretch to see any of these any of these say the top five, top 
six players. Like, yeah, they're all in the range. Yeah, like my top five, my top six. Like, you could, they're all in the range, and it's just a matter of preference. Yeah, I, I think it's like if you're picking at three, and so let's just say uh, everybody but Eckler and Taylor's there. It's like you can go down that list of the next five names potentially and just pick the guy you like the most. They're, mm. they're almost interchangeable, if that makes sense. You know, like you can make the case for a lot of them, you know. I mean, yeah. I would – my opinion, just being honest, Derrick Henry at six is uh, – or at, what is it? One, two, three, four, five. Sorry, five. He – in my opinion, should be higher. I probably would have put him at two or even three just because when you look at his career, with exception to last year where he missed nine games, he's only missed two other games in his whole seven-year career. And so uh, this is a guy that you know is just going to be the focal point of that op- that offense, dominate. And, he, and like I said, he was leading the league in points per game last year for the running back position. Until he got hurt. Actually, here's a great note I had on him, James. Derrick Henry last year, he was the sixth highest point scorer per game before he got injured, regardless of position. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. So not even for the running backs. He was the sixth highest. That's including quarterbacks that get insane amounts of points. And so, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, I, I would – you know, I think Taylor's the number one. He's the safest guy. I would put Henry at two, and then I'd go from there, to be honest. That's exactly how I had it. And the only reason why – and the reason why Taylor got the one, not the two, was because, yeah, I think Henry Henry will probably get more points, but it's – I'm concerned about him coming off the injury he had last year. Yeah, and you do wonder, you know, because, yeah, he's played seven years. Running backs, they take a beating. He's huge, but – now that he's been hurt significantly, is it something that's going to happen more frequently from here on out? Mm-hmm. Um, I got that. Okay, and so then, um, all right, so after Dalvin Cook, we get to our first wide receiver, which is Cooper Cup. And I think it's it's hard to argue with him being the top wide receiver off the board. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Cooper Cup. You know that. I love the guy. I, I might personally prefer Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, but I don't think you go wrong with any of those guys. And so Cooper Cup at four, you know, I think it's just cool for him to get in the top five like that. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's cool for him to get in the top five. I don't have him in my top five. Um, I, I do only have three non-running backs in my top ten, top ten overall. And we've named all three of them already so <laughs> it's just it, it's a matter with these wide receivers i think it's a matter of preference really you can't go wrong with any of them cooper cup kind of get got a little bit of edge for me because of his um because i mean it's the rams and like stafford stafford last year if you i heard a stat if you count the playoffs stafford had something like over six thousand yards last year Whoa. Yeah, I mean, he just lit it up. All right, so, um, yeah, give me just one second here. Uh, so I'm going to Fantasy Pros, and uh, I want to check the points per game because I think Cooper Cup was significantly higher last year. 
Yeah, I mean, shit, man. Cooper Cup was at 17.3 per game. You had Chase and Jefferson, like, neck and neck, 13.2 and 13.1. And so Cooper Cup clearly a step ahead of them. Uh, But, you know, now that he's had that production, I worry that can he have it again because you know teams focus on guys when they have this kind of success. And so I think, you know, going into this year, I think it's a fairly even playing field for those three in terms of who could end up being the top dog from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, and I think I would I would discount um, Jamar Chase a little bit because of the fact that he is going into a second year. And historically, in your second year, you kind of take a step back for a little bit, the sophomore slump. Okay. So I could see Chase Chase taking a slight step back, not too much of a step back, and Jefferson taking a step forward again. All right, I, so, yeah. I, I think Chase is, is in a better situation because of who he has throwing the ball to him. Well, and he's but, got uh, two other solid receivers on that offense, which exactly. shares some of the pressure. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I mean that, but I could see those two going, going like right in any order you you want based on your preference again. Okay. Uh, and so then at six, James, we got Christian McCaffrey. Um, what is your take on him? Where did you have him in your top ten? And what do you think about him at six? I think if you get Christian McCaffrey at six, it's a fucking steal. Can you trust it that he's going to stay healthy? So he missed 10 games last year and 13 the year before. The talent's there when he plays. Uh, and I'll just go back to 2019. He had almost four points per game more than the second highest running back. And so I agree with you. If you get him at six and he's healthy, he's a steal. But, man, I just, I think you know, the ever since he got paid, reward. he's been hurt. man. I think the, the risk is worth the reward. Okay. All right. You would take it. And so where did you put him on your top 10 list? I had him at number three. You had him at three. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, man, I, I mean, I hope he stays healthy because the, the dude's electric. So, um, okay. So then at seven, it's Najee Harris. What do you think about that guy, man? Why is he in the top 10? Um, I think, I think people are thinking, He's going to be a workhorse with the uncertainty at quarterback. They're going to go to strong defense, power running game. And he was the number eight running back on a points per game basis last season. So if he gets better, I could see the argument for him going top 10. But I know what you mean. And here's the other thing. He did have a lot of receptions out of the backfield too last year. So a little bit more dual threat than people were expecting. I barely have him in my top 10 running backs. Okay. Barely. So you're not a fan of him there. Okay. No. All right. And so then, you know, eight, nine, we got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Is, is that basically how you rounded out your top 10? You had Cup, Jefferson, Chase? No. Okay. Right. You're missing Chubb. All right, so you got you got Chubb in your top ten. Yahoo's got Mixon at ten, and then they got Chubb at eleven, I believe. Yeah, I have Chubb at eight. So I went 
My top 10 went Taylor, Henry, McCaffrey, Eckler, Cook, Mixon, Cup, Chubb, Chase, Jefferson. Okay. All right. All right. So you had Mixon, you said at five. Six. Six. Okay. Yeah, see, you know, in, in Mixon had a great year last year. And so he was the number four on a points per game basis last year running back. He's got more upside than Nick Chubb, especially because of the Deshaun Watson stuff, where if Watson plays, who the heck knows what that's going to do for Chubb's value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I don't know, man, I still have like lingering worries about 2020 when he had all those migraine issues. And so I could, I could see that I, I, I struggled with putting him there, but when I, when I went in and broke it out, like, like the migraine issues, I actually, I completely forgot about the migraine issues <laughs> and I put them here because I think the migraine issues were more bullshit than anything, but. And, and, I, and honestly, I mean, if, if they don't come back, then he's well worth it at five. In my yeah. opinion, in fact, I mean, you could argue, I don't know, like if, if the migraine thing wasn't an issue, I think on my board, I would be debating between him and McCaffrey at a spot because I just am so worried about the injuries with McCaffrey. And then with Mixon, it's like, you know, his ceiling's not as high, but he's also not as injured, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I need my guy in the first round to be there. You know, if you're if your first round picks a swing and a miss because of injuries or whatever else, that can totally tank your fantasy season. Yeah, I mean, look at look at my fantasy season last year. I fucking had uh, yeah, Derrick Henry. Yeah, so you were lighting it up until he got hurt. Yeah, I, I don't. You, you don't were probably undefeated until he got hurt. Yeah, probably <laughs> close to it. I mean, the dude was on a tear, man. So my team, my team last year was fucking ridiculous. I mean, at the end of the season, it kind of changed a little bit, and I ended up in sixth and made the playoffs, but not yeah. so well. Like, well. I mean, I mean, hey, we got the other way around. I snuck into the playoffs. And then ran away with it. I mean, I couldn't pick between... Like, I had had Joe Burrow as my quarterback, which is good. I had Derrick Henry, who got hurt. I had A.J. Green, who didn't do shit. I had James Robinson, who really didn't do shit. Edwards Hilaire was hurt. I mean, I mean, my last week's start starting lineup, it was... Well, I had Jamar Chase. Okay, so I'll give give you that. But like the like the last week I played, like I ended up having to start like fucking Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. Yeah. Back. Yeah. You were you were in dire straits. Yeah. And I ended up losing, obviously. Um, <laughs> let me see. When when did I? I think I lost. Actually, I think I lost in the semifinals. No, I lost first round of the playoffs. Okay. Well, it was not a good I finish got, for you. I barely lost in the first round of the playoffs, though. And the guy, the guy I lost to was the guy that you beat in the championship. So, okay. There. So I got some revenge for you. 
Yeah. If you could, you know, live vicariously through me. Um, all right. All right. So do you want to look at just the quarterbacks or do you have anything else for the top 10 that you want to hit? No, I'm good to look at just the quarterbacks. All right. So let's switch it over here. Let's look at just the quarterbacks and I'm just pulling up the list here real quick, James. So we got, uh, Josh Allen at one, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and did I get to 10, or Stafford 10? Matt Stafford's 10. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah, you're shaking your head here pretty good. I mean, I I think we can probably agree on Josh Allen at one. Who do you think is going to be the top guy, Herbert? Herbert. You think Herbert, but, but, but the, the, the problem is Josh Allen gets so many fantasy points from running the ball. I just, all right, I want to run down my top 10 and you're going to wonder, I think I might've, you're going to think I was smoking crack when I fucking did this top 10. All right. What did you have Herbert? Did you have Allen in the top five? Herbert one, Allen two. Okay. Mahomes three, Jackson four, Burrow five, Stafford six, Rogers seven, Murray eight, Prescott nine, Hertz ten. Ah oh, man. All right. So yeah, I mean I would have put Hertz higher. I would have put Mahomes and Rogers lower. Stafford I probably would have had lower. Um all right, well, let's let's just – here, let me give you my notes on the quarterbacks, okay? And I'll start with Mahomes. So he's the number four guy on the Yahoo list. Um, I don't see him being in the top five. I, I'm not sure if I even see him being in the top ten this year. And, and I know that sounds aggressive, but here's the thing. When you look back at last year, he was the number five fantasy quarterback on a points-per-game basis. And there were five quarterbacks immediately uh, following him that were with one and a half points per game. I think it's easy for him to drop down by one and a half points per game this year without Tyreek Hill. And that pushes him just outside of the top ten potentially, or fringe top ten. And so I'm, I'm comfortable him sliding. I'm just giving you that. Rodgers, this one, I actually feel a little bit stronger about than Mahomes. Rodgers, I could see him falling out of the top 10 because this, to me, you look at what's going on in their wide receiver room, and I I know it's Rodgers. He'll make any wide receiver good, but I think this is going to be a similar year to 2019, which is the first year LaFleur was with Green Bay where they had... Uh, a running focus and a defensive focus that year Rodgers was the number 14 fantasy passer and so I um, even if even if he does better than that you know he he has to go five picks up to get in the top 10 or four picks up to get in the top 10 so I, I you know I could see that happening then I'll give you my last note on the top 10 here is that with Hertz 
I think he gets in the top 10, no problem, because he's he's the dual threat guy, you know, not same style as Josh Allen by any means, but he is a runner and a passer. He was the number 12 fantasy quarterback last year on a points per game development, points per game basis. Plus, I think you get natural development and the addition of A.J. Brown. It's not asking much for him to creep into that top 10. All right, so Hertz barely made the top 10 for me because I'm I'm just not a fan of him. Like okay. it's it's just it's just like I see him and I think ugh. it's like when I look at Tua, you're getting that when you see Hertz. Yeah. Uh Rodgers Rodgers is going to win a third straight MVP this year. Um you think he's going to have that much more of a chip on his shoulder because mm-hmm. of everything that happened that he'll just find a way to rise up. If he throws for four 4,500 yards this year. That's my prediction. With no receivers. With no receivers. Yeah, I mean, you would give it to him, I guess, but I don't know. (laughs) The reason (sighs) I left Mahomes, like, I have have problems moving Mahomes out of the top Because it's Mahomes. I know. Because it's Mahomes. And Jackson, like, it's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, when he's healthy, he gets... A shitload of points. Yeah, it's it's that running aspect again. You get so yeah. many points on the ground. Like two years ago, I I kid you not, I remember games where Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for both of them they scored fifty points in the game. Like two yeah. years ago. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm, Joe, I, I'll tell you this: I'm with you on Allen and Herbert one and two. I, I would flip the order, but I think either way. I think those are the clear-cut one and two guys this year. Yeah, and like Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, like they're in the top ten because the people that are outside of the top ten, I just don't trust. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you get outside of the top ten, you got Russell Wilson. You know, he's got the weapons where if his health checks out with that thumb and whatnot, he could easily get in the top ten. You know, Cousins has flirted with the top ten a lot, and so um, I mean, like here, let me let me look at the top ten last year with Cousins. I mean, geez, one, two, three, four, five, six. Cousins finished. He was twelve on a points per game basis last year. Uh, he was number eleven overall points. Yeah, and I mean, so you know, he's flirting with it. Derek Carr, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe this is the year he flirts with it because he's got Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels. I don't see Trey Lance. I mean, they got Trey Lance up high, man. They got Trey Lance right after. They got Trey Lance at 12? Dude, I don't see that shit happening. No, no way in hell Trey Lance is, is 12. What I'm hearing is Trey Lance is going to be lucky to be in the top 30. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put Carr into the top 10. But ever since he got injured, he hasn't shown he can do it consistently. Okay. All right. Well, what else do you think about this top ten for quarterbacks, man? Or do you want to look at running backs? I'm good to go to running backs. All right. And running backs, I think, is going to be you know, fairly easy since seven out of ten of these guys were in the top ten. Uh, but I guess let me just tell you a couple notes I had on them. Um, you know... 
I, I, you know, we did talk about Chubb. I like him at eight. I just think that you got to watch what happens with Deshaun Jackson because those dual threat quarterbacks, they heavily uh, devalue their running backs on their team. And, you know, we know it's not just Chubb, it's Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And so it just, he's already at risk of losing carries to Hunt, which I think, you know, the, the dual combo we've seen works with those guys, and there's plenty to go around. But Watson makes it a wild card. One of the guys here that I think should be in the top 10 that's not, and I know that there's risk with him, but it's James Conner. So he was the number five running back uh-huh. last year. Well, you just got to hear me, James. You just got to hear me, man. He was, the, uh-huh. he was the number five running back last year on a points-per-game basis. They let Chase Edmonds walk. If he can stay healthy, you know he's going to get an equivalent kind of workload. And so, you know, yeah, but health is the thing. You know, we saw that going back to his time in Pittsburgh. He could be a top running back or he could just be in the freaking training room all the time. Uh, the other guy I would I would look at for top 10 is uh, Aaron Jones. And I go back to 2019 again. That first year, LaFleur was in Green Bay. Aaron Jones was the number four running back on a points-per-game basis that year. And I think they're going to employ something similar this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, And back then, he was splitting carries with Jamal Williams. So I'm not worried about him splitting carries with A.J. Dillon. Uh, If they go run heavy like that, I think he can do it again. But just a thought. So... I'm going to run down my top ten for you. Do it, do it. Come on. Taylor, Henry, McCaffrey, Eckler, Cook, Mixon, Chubb, Kamara. Yeah, I could see a resurgent with Kamara. Harris, Aaron Jones. Okay. And it was close between Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, see, I, I, I couldn't get on board with them having Swift at ten. To be honest, I um, I need yeah, him to I, stay healthy, and mm-hmm. I need him to be a little more consistent. And that's and that's why I gave uh, Aaron Jones the nod over Swift, but Swift was close in there at ten. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I I can't argue with with your top ten. I mean, Kamara, you know, like I mean, just even looking at last year, one, two, three, four, five. He was their number six fantasy guy on a points per game basis he missed a few games but you know he still got it man and that was with Jameis Winston being out a lot last year if he can stay healthy and that mm-hmm. offense can get humming especially if Michael Thomas gets healthy yeah mm-hmm. I could easily see Kamara getting into the top 10 I, I like that call there uh and man I would pray yeah I mean I don't know man I'd probably like Kamara over Najee Harris to be honest Kamara just why that's why I had Kamara at eight and Najee Harris at nine yeah I hey I'm I'm you know this is it's a fluid thing for me I'm just thinking it out as we go and um yeah plus they got Mark Ingram back you know he's getting along in the tooth but that's a good a good one-two punch with Kamara they had something good going before he went to the Ravens and uh obviously Kamara's the guy so uh I'm good with that all right, let's take a look at the wide receivers, James. All right. And I am just switching over my 
stuff here. Okay, so at wide receiver, we've got... Cooper Cup at one, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, and Keenan Allen. That rounds out our top ten. Um, you know, my whole thing with these guys, it's, I, I for the most part, like this collection. It's just what's the right order. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that you can make a case for so many of these guys. And like, like I would say this, I think like we talked about cup Jefferson chase, those in my opinion are the top three guys. And then I think you've got uh, maybe an argument for Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, And I would even go Debo Samuel because he does it running and receiving. C.D. Lamb is, I think, like just a hair underneath there. It's And then the rest of the guys, it's it's like question marks. But they all have that talent. They've all gotten it done in the past. It's just who's going to end up where is really the big question. Yeah. So I had I had cup number one, Chase and Jefferson. Um, number four, I put Stephon Diggs. I, okay. I just, I really like Stephon Diggs. When he was traded to Buffalo, I told you that I... I we talked about it. I thought that was a great move for his career. I thought he would light it up there. Yeah, you um, were all over that, man. Debo Samuel at number five with the caveat that he's number five as long as he's not on San Francisco. Yeah, see, it's risky. And, and while we're talking about him, James, he was number two last year on a points-per-game basis behind Cooper Cup. But, man, it's, it's the quarterback situation – that makes it risky with that guy. Yeah, because I honestly think Samuel is going to be traded before the start of the season. Okay. That's my opinion. That's why I let, put him at five. Then I had Adams at six, CeeDee Lamb at seven. The I like reason that. Why, the reason why I put Adams at six was because they have a tougher schedule than the other guys. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with that. And, I mean, you know, truth be told, you know, CeeDee Lamb – this is his first year now without Amari Cooper mm-hmm. being there. There is some risk of him stepping into that number one role. Yeah. And then Evans, and I put AJ Brown and Tyree Kill. Reason why I couldn't okay. quite I couldn't quite drop Tyree Kill out of the top ten because he's fucking uber talented. Yeah. But I have concerns with Tua throwing him the ball. Yeah. I. I mean, you know I do. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think, Hertz. While Hertz, I'm not very high on Hertz as a quarterback. I think he's a better thrower of the ball than Tannehill. So I, that's why AJ Brown got a jump. Okay, yeah, and so um, it's worth noting Keenan Allen at ten. So he is the the number one for the Chargers, but from a fantasy standpoint, Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. did better on a points-per-game basis last year. And so yeah. I, I believe Keenan Allen's a more talented guy. He is their wide receiver one, but we've already seen his own teammate beat him fantasy-wise. And so him, top 10, it's a little risky. 
my concern was who do you swap him out with? I like that you made the switch with AJ Brown. I kept, it was like a magnet, man. I kept going to DK Metcalf because I just love DK Metcalf, but I kept stopping myself because of the quarterback situation. And the like, quarterback situation, and, and you don't know, honestly, you don't know if Metcalf's going to be in Seattle at the start of the season. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, too. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of trade speculation about him. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, one other note I had on the wide receivers, and it's um, just something to keep an eye on, and for fantasy purposes, definitely keep an eye on, is um, DeAndre Hopkins, currently listed as the number 35 wide receiver. And that's mm-hmm. obviously because of his six-game suspension. You got to watch what his ADP is going to be going into the draft because if you can find a way to stash him, man, that could be a steal that just catapults your team down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's it's fantasy. You you've got to. It's like you put as many of these little tricks up your sleeve as you can, man, because. You never know which one's going to fall to you come draft day. Speaking of of that, <laughs> did you hear about the? It was I forget who it was. There were two baseball players. It was like Mike Trout. No, it was Mike Trout was the commissioner of the fantasy league, and I forget who they were. Like one one MLB player. I think they were teammates. No, no, they were opposing. They were opposing teams in the game, and the guy was back from. He was suspended, and he was back from suspension. Punched another player because of fantasy football. Two baseball players got yes. in a fight over fantasy football because one of them in their ESPN league stashed a guy that was listed as out, put him on the IR. Okay. Yes, yeah, sometimes because. The platforms don't always stay on top of it. You can sneak a guy like that, especially yeah. with COVID. It was happening a lot with COVID. Yeah, and put him on the IR, and this player, and then picked up a player that the other guy was trying to pick up off waivers, and he couldn't pick him up because the other guy had a higher priority. So fucking, it's what, six months later, hit a guy. Eight months later, <laughs> hit a guy. Because he, fought, he oh, thought he cheated you, at fantasy football. You're saying you're saying it didn't happen in the season. It happened no, no, after. It, ha- it happened like last week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he just figured it out now, and he's going after the guy. See, I've seen it happen in leagues where, especially with COVID, uh, where a guy will be on IR, like COVID IR or just IR in general, and then he comes off IR but the person keeps him in the IR spot for a number of weeks because they've already found another guy on their roster or from waivers to put on their roster. Uh, And I've seen like the league just like wolves go after the commissioner. Like if you don't do something, we're going to have a problem. And it's like, you know, it just, it's um, you got to play by the rules, man. You got to know the rules. You got to play by the rules. And you got to hold each other accountable because people will try to get away with shit. Like, I'll tell you what, man, on, um, on my fantasy team, and I'm actually going to pull it up right now. Um, so last year, James, you might remember this. Cam Akers got hurt in preseason. 
Mm-hmm. And he was, uh, he was, he was active. He didn't play, but he was activated, uh, or he was like brought off of IR. Is a better way of putting it. Going into uh, the championship game in fantasy football, and so I added him. He didn't end up playing that game. He played in the playoffs, but he didn't play that game. Now, technically, by our rules, I could use him as a keeper this year, but because I know people like you and I know that he didn't actually play, even though he was act, you know, brought up onto the active roster and whatever else, it, it's not right for me to try and keep that guy, you know? But if we don't watch it, people will try to abuse that kind of shit. We've seen it happen in our own league. It happens almost every year. Yeah, so it was Tommy Pham. Okay. Tommy Pham, outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds. Not not punched, slapped. Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants slapped him. <laughs> And then was suspended by Major League Baseball for three games. Oh, jeez. Um, over fantasy football. Over fantasy football. And apparently Mike Trout was the commissioner. And Tommy Pham called Mike Trout the worst commissioner in fantasy football history. Oh, jeez. It's fantasy football, guys. But, you know, and they're they're pro baseball players. What did they have? Like ten was, grand each on the line? It was a $10,000 buy-in for the league. What? And the la- it really was a $10,000 buy-in. Yeah. And the last place team in the league had to pay an additional $10,000. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you would get slapped if there was some shady stuff going on. Yeah, and I'm trying to find the player that this is just over one player. Okay. It's over one. <laughs> uh, while you're looking that up, I'm moving my stuff over to the tight ends here because we got them next. It was, all right. It was during batting practice that this happened, not like on the field during the game. Okay. I'm looking for the. I'll look for the player. All right. doing that i'm just gonna stretch and show off the gridiron grinder shirt yeah i'm not finding it let's let's move on all right hey no biggie i was i was gonna say if you needed more time i would turn around and show people the back of the gridiron grinder shirt but uh, uh all right let's go to the tight ends man and if you find it cool if not no big deal 
Uh, so James, tight ends, let me read them off. Uh, starting at one, we've got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, and Pat Freermuth. I have a hard time saying his name. Um, I, I, I'm fine with Kelsey at one. I think Mark Andrews beat him out on a points-per-game basis last year, but we know Kelsey is legit, and and without Tyreek Hill, he's probably going to have a little bump in his stats anyhow. Uh, I, th- I, I say- thought his stats were going to jump, jump. We're going to go backwards because they're going to have be able to focus more double, on double, triple team him. Well, that's yeah. there's an argument for that. Uh, I just think he's that good that he'll beat double teams, and so I, I kind of felt like eh, it'll be all right. I mean, I just flipped them, so I mean that I had Andrews one, Kelsey two. So okay, that's it was just like one spot. It's not so where right home at. where did you have Pitts? Because I had a hard time with him at three. You had him at three. Okay, and, I had a and, hard time putting Waller at three. All right. See, I would have been I would have been comfortable moving Kittle up to three despite the quarterback concerns because See, Kittle, I moved Kittle back to six because of the quarterback concerns. Okay. But I, here's my thing with Kittle is that he's produced at that high level, even when Garoppolo in years past was injured. And so I felt, I felt more comfortable with Kittle than I did with Pitts because Pitts was the 12th tight end last year, which was his rookie year, so it's tough to judge him. But that was with Matt Ryan. I know he's going to improve this year in his own talent, but they're taking a big drop down at quarterback in Mariota, or Ritter potentially. And so... And I can see that. I can... I, I, I see that. I just... So I had Andrews, Kelsey, Pitts, Waller, Goddard, Kittle, Hawkinson, Knox, Schultz, Ertz. Okay. Um... I like that you got Ertz in there. Because and my my theory with Ertz was the first six games they're not gonna have Hopkins. Yep. And I think his production for those first six games is gonna go up. That's I mean I mean it's tight end, you're not drafting him to like the fifteenth round anyways. Yeah. So so I think I think that kind of he cracks the top ten because of the Hopkins being MIA for the first six games. And I think because of his production in the first six games, it's going to turn into a full season of him. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he can get it done. And so, uh, Fryermuth, you didn't have him in your top ten, is that right? That's right. Okay, and I and I'm I'm good with that because um, I like him. I like what I saw from him. I just don't like their quarterback situation. I think it's going to be hard for him. I would prefer to see a guy like Cole Komet above him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, I like Ertz above that. And and then even more so, I think it's just a matter of time before we hear about Gronk coming back. And I think Gronk will find a way in the top 10. I mean, freaking Gronk, man. I was just looking at it earlier. Gronk was the uh, the number three tight end on a points-per-game basis last year. And so the dude still got it. If he... If he decides to play, one of these guys is getting bumped. <laughs> I agree. All right, so here, here's what I'll say about the tight end position, is that um, after Waller, I think the next 
whole chunk of guys is virtually interchangeable. When I look at their stats, they're all in that like six to seven fantasy points per game range. And you can make the case for all of them where this season they could be better or they could potentially be worse. And so it's like, it just goes to the typical fantasy football tight end rules. It's like, you know, either get one of those top guys or just wait until the very end. Because if you don't have one of those top guys, they're all going to be kind of like a crapshoot where you're flipping a coin. And if you miss on a guy, it's no big deal because there's probably a guy pretty close in production that you're going to get out of the waiver wire. I agree. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you agree. You agree. I agree. We agree. Um, all right. And yeah, I was surprised, man. Gusecki only had uh, 5.4 points per game last year. Man, I thought he was going to be higher than that, but that's okay. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, you know, he got franchised. I think, I don't know if they, they, if they got him to the longer term deal, I want to say they did, but um I still have high hopes for him. I think the talent's there. It's just a matter of them airing the ball out more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so James, let's move it on then to kickers. I'm just kidding. We're not going to talk about kickers. Oh, I'm going to talk about kickers. All right. Well, I didn't waste any time with kickers, so I'll I'll let you take the show here. All right. Tucker, Gay, Bass, McPherson, Prater, Suckup, Carlson, Butker, Sanders, Blankenship. All right, let's move on to defense special teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, that was speed round. I like that. Okay, so defense. I'm just switching up my pages here. Uh, yeah, I, kicker in here. I'll say this about kickers. Kickers are very difficult to select from year to year. Typically, you can improve your odds by trying to find a kicker on a top offense because it means there's more opportunities. But in Mm -hmm. fantasy world, sometimes it's those middle-of-the-road teams that can't punch it in the end zone that create a ton of field goal opportunities and in turn more fantasy points. And so it's – I just wouldn't waste a whole lot of time on kicker. That's all all I was getting at. Uh, Defense. So, James, this is another highly volatile fantasy thing. And so uh, I only did like sort of a 50,000 foot look on this. I think, you know, they got Buffalo at one on Yahoo. And and here, I guess I'll just read the top 10 on Yahoo. You got Buffalo, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams, Indianapolis Colts, Denver Broncos, New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, uh, and then Los Angeles Chargers if they're 10. Um, all of those teams, I think, logically should be in the top 10. But my concern, James, is that five of these teams didn't finish in the top 10 last year. And Dallas, who they have ranked at 17, was actually the top fantasy defense last season. And so it's just, it's it's so unpredictable. It's another one of these things where, if you want to roll the dice on a defense like Buffalo, do it, but do it at the right point in the draft. Don't go over drafting a defense. You just don't know what you're going to get. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and my my top ten for 
for defense was similar. I had Buffalo, San Francisco, Tampa Bay. Flip those. Rams, Indianapolis, Denver, Chargers, New Orleans. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Yeah, I, I like that you had the Chargers higher up there. Uh, I like that you had Pittsburgh in the top ten. Cleveland, I guess, tell me about that a little bit. So, the thing with Cleveland is, when you look at, at where they were, they weren't very good last year. <laughs> Fantasy point-wise. They, yeah, they yeah. were 20th. They yep. had six points per game. But then you, you take a look at, at their schedule this year, and it, it was like, so... As I was like doing the rankings, I looked at their schedule and I thought their schedule was fucking on the defense was was on the easier side of the easier okay. defensive schedule. Like I think I think Pittsburgh is the only team that has an easier schedule as a defense than Cleveland. And that's what threw it over the edge for me to put Cleveland into the top ten. Gotcha. It's just like the easiest schedules on defense, if if you rank it out, it's Atlanta Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Those are the three easiest strength of schedules for, for, for defense. And it's just, I can take Atlanta up. Um, Pittsburgh. I think, I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh finished in the top 10 last year. Nope. I think they were like 15 ish, but they're, but Pittsburgh's a good team to go after because you know, they're going to get sacks. Yeah. And sorry, when I opened my page for the rankings, I had scrolled down. So like they're at number ten. Okay. On like if I started at the top of the screen, but then I had to look over to the numbers. Yeah. Um, they they ended ended at seventeen, six and a half points a game. Like I mean, you're talking the top defense. Dallas got ten points a game. Uh, to get into the top ten, to get to number nine, it's it's a point a game more for Pittsburgh. And I think their schedule, their schedule this year is easier than last year. To get to 10 for Cleveland, it's a little bit more than a point a game more for Cleveland. And their schedule's a lot easier this year. Um, like, honestly, like you said, though, if you're taking, if you get, if you get Buffalo and you get the number number one defense, you're talking, say, Dallas last year, they were number one defense. They had had 10.9 points per game. Every other defense special teams last year, outside of the top three, Dallas, New England, Miami. Now, let's, let's throw Buffalo in there. Dallas, New England, Miami, Buffalo. You're talking eight or less points per game, basically. Okay. So... If you don't get like that Buffalo that that you know is going to be good, which the suspension of who's the linebacker for Buffalo that got suspended? Oh, I don't know. Was it uh, Edmonds? No, it was. I don't. I, I I I don't even remember hearing He's, about that. He got suspended for PED. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. Uh, But so that concerns me with Buffalo. So you don't want to necessarily take that big leap for for getting Buffalo at the right time when you can just 
just as well for like a, a point less or a point and a half less yeah. per game. Yeah. Get like get one of these quote unquote lesser defenses, which is not not that bad. Uh, Andre Smith. Okay. Andre Smith was the linebacker that got suspended. Gotcha. Uh, I guess he's a reserve linebacker, so maybe it doesn't doesn't make that big of a deal. I thought it was a starting linebacker. I I remembered hearing it, but I didn't remember the player. So so yeah. So like the difference between the top defense and say say you're in a ten team league, so you get the number one defense. You're looking at ten point nine points per game. You're looking at the number ten defense. You're looking at somewhere around seven point three points per game. It's it's a big jump. I got it's you. Not, it's not worth. It's not worth like freaking eight rounds or something. Yeah, like it's not worth getting somebody somebody in the first uh, one of these teams in the top first say eight rounds or first ten rounds. I hear you. I hear you, homie. Um, yeah. Okay. So. All right. What else you got on defense? Are you good there? Um, I'm good there. And, oh, and like a couple of these teams, like Indianapolis, I might not have ranked them that high because I um had not heard about what's his face's back surgery. So I might not have ranked them as high as I did if I would have known about that. Hey, that's okay. That's that's not a big deal. I mean, this is it's way early, and so we're gonna you know, fine tune some of the stuff as we get closer to the season. This is just, uh, you know, giving it our best here with what we know so far, you know, and we're going to hear a lot of stuff about people popping off the page and disappointing and things like that in the months to come. So, um, all right. So James, I want you to keep your Yahoo fantasy football rankings up. Ah, you son of a bitch. Well, all right. Take your time, take your time, pulling them back up. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. You're gonna have to do a little bit of research on the fly. Uh, but um, for question of the week, James, we're switching it over. And uh, I'm actually calling an audible from my original question. I'm just feeling the fantasy juices flowing. And and now that we're looking at these lists, I want you to just kind of skim through and tell me somebody that you think is a early uh, sleeper pick from a fantasy standpoint and just, you know, a quick reason or two why. And I'll give you mine while you're looking, give you a little bit of time here. And I, I just found mine while you were talking about defenses. But uh, James, I think looking at it right now, Allen Robinson is going to be a freaking steal in fantasy. He is the number 28 wide receiver right now, uh, which would have him going 70th overall. Um, I get it. He's the number two behind Cooper Cup, but it's going to be a pass-first offense. Uh, This will be the best quarterback Allen Robinson has ever had in his career. And we got to go back a little ways. But if you go back to 2015 when he was with the Jags, he was the number five 
wide receiver on a points per game basis with 14. And I'm, I'm thinking that was Blake Bortles back then. Um, I think, I think he could, uh, he could definitely, definitely light up in far surpass that 28 wide receiver ranking. I think he could be a borderline top 15 wide receiver, even as the number two wide receiver on that team. Well, should I go with the obvious one? Uh, you go like, with whatever one you want to go with. James. I mean, I could go with the obvious one, Michael Thomas, who's the number number twenty fourth ranked wide receiver. <laughs> well, so so you're you're saying he's going to be healthy, he's going to play. Or or you have um, Robert Woods, who's what's that? So you're saying he's going to be healthy, he's going to play six. That's forty <laughs> fourth overall wide receiver. Um, and in but. Your point with Robert Woods, look at how good he was before even Stafford got there as the number two. I mean, him and Cooper Cup at the time were kind of one and two. Uh, and that was with Goff. And, you know, I think Allen Robinson is a whole step above Robert Woods. I think it just it's a phenomenal one-two combo that the Rams got. <laughs> but I could go with those players. Okay. But I'm going to go with the player that is the number 60 ranked wide receiver. All right, give it to me. That would put him at about 174 overall. Oh, the number 60 ranked wide receiver. Holy cow, I'm going the yes. wrong way here. Okay. And that's Sky Moore. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, you're thinking big things for the rookie. Yeah. I think I – think to to I think with Kettle being double team, Sky Moore is a cheaper Tyreek Hill. So do you think he's gonna have a like a Justin Jefferson type rookie year or a Jamar Chase uh, type rookie year or a uh, Odell Beckham type rookie year? Up. So you think he's basically gonna have Sky Moore's gonna have a Cooper Cup. It's going to, well, yeah, but you, you're talking Cooper Cup last year. Yeah. So you think he's going to have. 1,800, 1,900 yards. So, all right. So you think Sky Moore is going to be the best rookie wide receiver since Randy Moss? Or only two Randy Moss? Possibly the best rookie. He has, he has the talent, the ability, and is in the perfect situation to become the best rookie wide receiver since Randy Moss. Holy shit, man. At 5'10", 195 pounds, out of Western yes. in Michigan. Yes. It's a bold this strategy, is, James. This is this year's Jamar Chase plus 300 yards. Okay, okay. Well, I do like the uh, the wide receivers out of Western. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Green Bay Packer, uh, Greg, oh. uh, you know who I'm talking Jennings. about? Greg Jennings. Thank you. He had a good career. Uh, and then uh, what's his face with Baltimore? I mean, he's still young, just getting starting, really. But uh, they got a guy there. Uh, you know, they they can pop out some guys. But man, you think he's going to be the best since Randy Moss? That's impressive. Let's see if it happens. Okay, and I'm, I'll give you an honorable mention. And I've lost track of what number this guy is. Yeah. Number 230 
overall Randall Cobb. And that's simply because the connection. It's, it's Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins, and that's all that's there. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's he's gonna have a role. I mean, I think Christian Watson's gonna have a big rookie year, but I, I think it's gonna be a lot a lot of contributors. I think it's gonna be a lot of guys doing a lot of things. You're gonna see Robert Tanyan if they brought him back or kept him, Mercedes Lewis. I mean, you're gonna see the running backs a lot. I mean, it's just it's gonna be a lot of everybody to get it done. But um you know, and I'm interested here to see they got uh Brees Hall at twenty one, two, three, twenty two the number 22 running back. Wow. That just seems low for Brees Hall because it seems like he's going to, I just got to believe he's going to be their guy right out of the gate, but I don't know, maybe not Michael Carter. He, he showed some flashes. So really Brees Hall's 22. That does seem low. Oh, and we didn't even talk about this. Zeke is 18. I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's, you know, he should be higher. I'm just saying this guy just, it's fallen from grace, man, for how great of a rookie he was. He's just gotten worse every single year. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. And yeah, we can't, we can't tell each other too much because obviously we're competing. So, um, all right. That's all I got for tonight, James. Any closing thoughts? No, I no. I when I answered your question, I forgot about our league and just answered oh. it. <laughs> so you think I'm gonna snipe you on Sky more now? Yeah, you probably are. Like the motherfucker gonna... tried to Skype me on everyone, <laughs> snipe me on everyone else. I tried to pick. Oh shit! All right, all right. Well then, let me let me just make a note. No, just kidding. Um, all right. Well, hey, it was fun for anybody who's watching. We hope you liked the show. If you did, give us that thumbs up. Hit the like button. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe because we're doing this shit every week. This is a hundred episodes strong here. Uh, James, like always, man, it was a great time. I'll catch you later, homie. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Gridiron Grinder, hut hut hike.